Welcome to our backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42. In a frigid winter, horses and ships face off against each other. No, I haven't gone completely mad. No, I'm not making it up either. I'm talking about a historical battle in which cavalry and navy fought one another. But before I tell you the tale of the capture of the Dutch fleet at Den Helder, Nick, how are you and what are you drinking? I forgot you're doing this. I'm so excited to hear about the cavalry versus navy. Who would be smart enough to do that? And I am drinking a Coors Light. I'm joining you with some legacy whiskey and this is a this is short and sweet but boy i am a sucker for history especially weird history the moments of the past that make you go say that again and this is definitely one of these moments the year is 1794 the french and the dutch are at war this is the first part of the war of the first coalition in the french revolution france is expanding their territory and have their eyes on the netherlands and boy do the french have good timing at this point, Northern Europe is kind of in disarray with fighting amongst themselves, so it's the perfect time to conquer them. And the general task with capturing the Dutch Republic is Jean-Charles Pichigru, who was assigned this task in the fall of 1794. General Pichigru had his sights on Den Helder, Den Helder, a strategic position in the tip of North Holland in Zuerzee Bay in the Southern Sea. And if Zuerzee doesn't sound familiar, well, don't worry, you're not bad at geography. It doesn't really exist anymore. In the 20th century, it was dammed and partly drained and now forms the freshwater of Algelamere. This peninsula, this area of Den Helder, is the closest landmass to the island of Texel. Both Den Helder and the island of Texel are strategic positions. So it's no wonder why the invading French want it because I don't know about you, Nick. Having strategic positions in a war is kind of important. Stands to reason. And Den Helder only has two miles of sea that separates it from the mainland to the island. And because it's so close to the island, this battle is sometimes called the Battle of Texel. But that's confusing to me because surprise, surprise, Europe has lots of wars and there's been lots of battles of Texels. So we're sticking with Den Helder. So on the French side, we have General. Pichigru. Pichigru? Not quite sure. My French isn't the best. Now, what about the Dutch? Well, that would be led by Admiral H. Renjic. Admiral Renjic, in January, so we're in 1795 now, a few months after the French general was given the task to take the Dutch Republic, made port with his 14 ships due to the ships needing some repairs, winter is upon them, and, well, Nick, surprise, surprise again, it's kind of hard to sail ships in icy cold winters, so making port was kind of the obvious thing to do. Yep, that makes sense. I'm I'm rooting for the French on this one, just because of Austin Powers. <laughs> There's two things I hate in this world. It's people who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. <laughs> oh, such a great movie. But the French, knowing winter would most likely force the Dutch fleet to sail to calmer waters and make port, the French decided to capitalize on this. So... 
the French general decided to send his brigade general, De Winter. I find that hilarious puns. Winter, it's a battle during the snow time. And Lieutenant Colonel Luis Joseph Leher, the commanders of the 8th Hersa Regiment and the 15th Line Infantry Regiment. They were ordered to go where the Dutch fleet is at and capitalize at any opportunity they could. And for those wondering what a Hussar Regiment is, H-U-S-S-A-R, it's simply a cavalry unit. Just fancy name. And, oh, fun fact, General De Winter was Dutch. He was born in the Dutch Republic and was forced to leave his homeland for France, where he quickly fell in love with France, and his loyalties completely aligned to the French. So it was a Dutch Frenchman attacking his ex-homeland of the Republic of Dutch. I bet he was so annoying about it, too. Like, oh, have you been to Paris? You really must go. (laughs) Or super salty at his... uh, ex-countrymen being like you guys kicked me out i'm gonna get such revenge on you either way he, he had something to prove well uh he turned out to be quite good at leading soldiers i if i don't if i remember correctly i think even napoleon gave him a medal but the french regiments which in total is about two thousand men positioned themselves close to the dutch fleet then mother nature the cruel cruel mistress mother nature brought a frigid winter storm and froze Zuderzee Bay, freezing all the ships, trapping them in ice. The stars aligned for the French. Can we call this, uh, did they get Texas too soon? <laughs> too soon, Nick. Too soon. <laughs> Deciding to capitalize on, the, on this, the French decided that they would take their men, ride across the frozen lake, and do a cavalry charge against a Navy fleet. A Navy fleet made up of 14 ships and some 850 guns. The French plan an early morning charge before the sailors would be awake, or so they would hope. So, on January 23rd, 1795, before the sun was up, the French arose, and they began to wrap their horses' hooves with rags and cloths to help deafen their gallops across the ice. Then, without knowing the thickness of the ice, or if the ice would even hold all the men and the horses, began to step onto the ice, venturing deeper and deeper, moving slowly and slowly, hoping not to fall into the icy waters. I'm just picturing, uh, you know those things they put out, like with the ice is zero to two inches thick, you can put nothing on it. If it's three to four inches, you can do a person, like a foot, you can do a snowmobile, whatever. And then at the very end, it's like, if the ice is two to, you know, or six feet uh, thick, you can put a cavalry brigade on it. <laughs> I want the little icons too. You know how they have like the ATV and then <laughs> I want a bunch of like horses in the background too. It's just like the it's a bunch of wrist characters. Oh God, that'd be fantastic. They got little stands on their feet too. Yep. But I can't imagine how nerve wracking it must have been on the ice, let alone on a horse. E- each step, you probably, at one point they must have heard the creaking of ice breaking and been like, this is it. I mean, you got to imagine at this time, not everyone's got a good education, but everyone kind of has basic human instinct. Oh, if you go on ice and it's not thick enough, you die. And that's a lot of weight. 2,000 men plus horses. And like you said, Nick, every shift of ice, every crunch, every noise, God, that must have sent shivers down their spines. And it's not like, it's not one person getting in. If that goes and everyone falls in you're not getting out oh god no or maybe maybe a few people will and then you have to get naked and warm yourself up but that's pretty much a death sentence and nick can you imagine not only are you going onto the ice with horses and thousands of men but you're going onto the ice 
on horses with thousand men in the middle of winter simply to ride your horse across a frozen lake to attack a navy ship and attack navy ships that have about 850 guns on them the balls on that man (laughs) (laughs) then as into the morning time grew the french began to ride ride into a full charge a whole cavalry division riding at a navy fleet into combat thousands of men pushing forward onto the ice horses rag covered hooves striking the ice as the dutch still asleep in their ships soon the french were upon the dutch and taking the opportunity at this time and being as silent as they could they took every ship they tried to keep it as po- quiet as possible to avoid warning the other ships that the cavalry is attacking them very quickly the dutch ships were taken not only were they just taken they were taken without a single shot fired and the French caught them by such complete surprise. There was no stabbings, no combat, no shots. There was no warning and no casualties on either side. So not only did the French do a cavalry charge against naval vessels, they also did it without any casualties on either side. That's impressive. I mean, that that's unbelievable. That's not impressive. That's unbelievable. I mean, it is impressive. That's, <laughs> yeah, wow. To tell how quietly and quickly that the cavalry made it across the ice and took the fleet, a Dutch surgeon on the ship of Schneldeed, sorry, my uh, Dutch isn't also very good, would later write, On a Sunday morning, my servant informed me that a French hussar stood out near our ship. I looked out my porthole, and indeed, there stood a hussar. This capture alone at Den Helder pretty much solidified the french conquest of northern europe they would go on to take the dutch republic within the next few months and funny enough within the next few months of that all the ships that they the french had captured were quickly returned in the may of 1795 so about five months after the treaty of Hague had been signed and the french gave back all the ships they captured from the dutch republic so some important information Dutch officers say they surrendered over a conversation with the French on the ice and the cavalry charge didn't happen, but evidence doesn't really support that. I won't doubt that the men who rode on their horses across the ice and took ships without casualties probably elaborated a little bit, but if you're doing something even close to that ballsy, you get to exaggerate a little bit. And let alone the quote I just mentioned from the Dutch surgeon, Definitely discredit some of what the Dutch officers were saying about the cavalry charge. But I also think it's important to mention, the Dutch officers said that they received word from inland commanders not to give resistance to the French because they knew the ships would be trapped by the ice and they would have no chance of successfully winning against the French regiments. This, I believe some evidence to be true. Some ships were damaged, so hence why they were at port repairing. Not all the ships were fully manned and... Well, the ice made the ships non-maneuverable. It's kind of hard to point your cannons in the right direction if you can't turn. So why throw away lives on a non-defendable position? I can see the logic for that. So I, I kind of I don't doubt those merits. But it doesn't change the fact that, more than likely, the French woke up in the morning, wrapped their horses' hooves in cloth so they'd be quiet, got onto ice, which they had no idea the thickness of, and rode across it against enemy Navy ships. So now, Nick, you know of the capture of the Dutch fleet at Den Helder. One of the few, if not the only time, there was a cavalry slash Navy battle against one another. 
And weird enough, in the Cavalry versus Navy, the Cavalry won. That's pretty wild. I still, even if the even if the ships couldn't move, I, f- I imagine that's still a defensible position. I can't. I don't really understand why they wouldn't. Why they would uh, not have a reason to fight? Like I think you know. Honestly, just shoot a couple of cannonballs into the ice and break up and the I ice. And I mean, if but also if the, if they were trying to destroy them and they were able to sneak on, I mean, it's probably not too hard to start a fire in the the powder room. Yeah. You know, if you're able to sneak all the way in there, if they're as quiet as they said, I mean, so they did. Either they wanted to capture the ships or they did surrender. But I can see, I can kind of see both sides, but. The evidence to me of the surgeon saying he woke up and there was a French cavalryman out his porthole window is kind of evidence enough for me that the French actually rode across the ice. When your enemy says this happened, I think that bears more weight than what the victors say actually happened. But Nick, can you imagine being the sailor on the ship? You're cold. You're probably hungry because it's the 17, late 1700s. You're make port at, and trying to repair. You know there's your countries at war and you wake up you know, you're stretching, you go outside, and you just see 2,000-ish men racing towards you on the ice. Yeah, I'm imagining that soldier being slightly hungover as well. <laughs> Rubbing your eyes, trying to sober up, and, not, and realizing it's not a dream. Yeah, that would uh, be terrifying. I'm just imagining like a like a, such a, cl- a blizzard where, you know, you don't have great visibility, so you can't really see anything. And then you see like a dark blob, and then the blob starts getting closer, and the next thing you know, it's a bunch of soldiers on horseback (laughs) with lances muskets and swords i just i still can't get over the fact that there was a cavalry slash navy battle and the cavalry won (laughs) against that just that title alone was it uh what did they say isn't um truth is stranger than fiction it sure is my friend and now you know and all you listening know of the capture of the dutch fleet at den helder thank you all for listening Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.